weekend, everybody. Decided to wake you up and my house this weekend and I actually have Deweese and Randy that showed up. They drove over 1,600 miles to get to our house to prepare for our fly-in next weekend. And while you guys wake up and go, what the heck is Jade doing on sort of um, us this morning in Germany right now, originally from the and they um, are actually um, doing my my dream of being retired and driving around and just flying. So um, I can't wait for you guys to all meet them, and I'm gonna say hi to to hi to John Wayne and Daniel Williamson and Josh Marsh. Thank you for joining us this morning, doing a early morning show. So we're gonna bring in Deweese, who is, I had to drag out of bed after driving 1600 miles. Good morning, lady. Good morning with my you? sleepy eyes. <laughs> I'm good. I made it. <laughs> it was a long drive, but, and you do live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and it's dark in Wisconsin. <laughs> but it's beautiful though, isn't it? Oh, it is gorgeous, and this lake is beautiful. Hot <laughs> butter. All right. As he went on a awesome plot. Hmm. Am I the only one in the show? <laughs> if I'm the only one in the show, hi everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We've got two great guests. They're from Ger they're in Germany flying right now. Uh Steve, are you there? <laughs> um I guess Jade's going to try to get the internet straightened out. Um, I don't know who we've got in the show watching. I know Steve's typing some stuff. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Sorry. Bad connection. Uh, we'll get Steve back. Steve, are you there now? Yep. All right. Good morning after dragging you out of bed after three hours here. You're lucky I love you. <laughs> I know. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. You guys all, all want to kill me afterwards. All right. So let's go to Germany this morning and meet this wonderful couple that um, is traveling around the, the countries. So we'll welcome Daphne and Kuz. 
Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Good, good afternoon. afternoon. Oh, yeah. No, sorry, afternoon for us. Afternoon. What time you got there? You're six hours ahead, so about two o'clock? Three. Three o'clock, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here, so, so happy um, to be here, finally. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we've been kind of uh, talking for about a month or so, haven't we? Yeah. All right. And you were traveling without internet for a while there, and um, we had to wait for a day that you guys had some internet before you guys took off again, correct? Exactly, yeah. All right. So everybody in the chat, thank you. Uh, Angie, good morning. Um, and Joshua Marsh and Daniel Williamson and John Wayne. Um, they're probably going, what in the world are we doing? Because we no never really normally come on here. But we're going <laughs> to... Wake everybody up, it's 4th of July weekend, so let's do this. All right, so Daphne, tell oh. us a little bit about you and if your husband wants to join in and tell a little bit of history about you guys. Okay, well, uh, I'm 56, I, I feel 27. It's about the time I started <laughs> flying, but it uh, doesn't look like that anymore. Um, yeah, I stopped working. I was a, a business consultant and, uh, well, we wanted to have, uh, while we're still fit, enjoy, uh, our life of flying. And, uh, so that's what we uh, started out to do two years ago. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah. what did you start out flying? I'm sorry. What did you start out flying? Uh, way back then, you mean? Yes. Uh, well, actually, I dreamt all my life about flying. And uh, I didn't know about hang gliding or paragliding at the time. And uh, so a, a friend tipped me off to do an introductory weekend in the Netherlands by the, by the coast. It was just a little playing around on the beach and everything. And uh, even if it's uh, 31 years ago, I can still remember the... 10 centimeters lift off from the ground and I knew I was hooked. Nice. So, uh, yeah, that's what did it. And that okay. was with a, that was with a, a paraglider? No, no, that was with a hang glider. Hang yeah. glider. Yeah, I did uh, hang gliding for 25 years before uh, we tried uh, paragliding. Yeah. Yeah. And you? Me? Oh, well, I started uh, flying in a holiday uh, for a week in 1993 with a friend and a uh, little bit the same story as Daphne. The, the first day when I lifted off one meter off the ground, I knew, wow, this is third dimension. This is, uh, this is my sport and, uh, well, never stopped since then. Very nice. So... How often do you guys, um, are you completely mobile now, traveling all the time? Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you just stay in a spot for a week or however long and just yeah. spin the bottle and go wherever you want to go, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good awesome. life. I bet. So what kind of weather do you have over there right now? I can show you. Sun shining, beautiful. Yeah, it's it's uh, twenty five degrees. I don't know how how much that is in Fahrenheit. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's nice and warm here, and actually, it looks like a 
a flyable day. So what the heck are we doing here? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ruined it for you guys. Yeah. All right. So what kind of equipment do you guys um, have right now? So if you went out after the show and it was still flyable, what kind of equipment do you have? Um, uh, I have a, a paraglider, uh, a swing. It's a German brand. It's a, it's a high B uh, glider. And I have some, some lightweight uh, soaring equipment. Uh, just uh, an eight kilograms uh, pack. So you can also do hike and fly with it. Uh, that's from uh, Little, Cloud. Little Cloud. I don't know if you know that brand. Yep, we've seen a couple of paragliders out yep. on the West Coast, California area with those. Yeah, they're really nice. And uh, I have a, a advanced lightness uh, three harness that I fly with under my big glider. Okay. So, that's How about me. you, sir? Yeah, well, I have an eco hang glider, a laminar, a competition glider still, and paraglider is the same as Daphne Swing. A neo swing, a high B glider with a well, an old uh, second hand uh, harness with it, <laughs> yeah. and a uh, lightweight glider as well from a uh, little cloud to uh, well, to climb up right. a mountain. Uh, Do we when did you transition from hang gliding to paragliding? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Can tell a long story about that, but yeah, we, you know, I flew a lot of anglers, competitions, and uh, all over the world actually. Um, and so suddenly, we uh, had a summer with our son, and we thought, let's let's do something together, and well, let's do a paragliding course. So that's what what we did in Austria. And yeah. well, actually, the same as with when we started hang gliding. Thought, wow, this is uh, this is interesting. We uh, we might build could, uh, we might uh, just uh, continue with uh, with paragliding as well. Well, that's what we did. Yeah. And of yeah. course, you, you know everybody knows the differences. Uh, hang gliding is a hassle with with uh, with stuff and gear and, and heavy weight and. Uh, paragliding, yeah, it's easy. You know, you land next to the train station and. and, and it's easy getting back to the car. Um, there are differences, but you know, once in the air, the, the hang glider is, is, yeah, I love that. I love the speed and possibilities. But paragliding is, uh, yeah, it's it's quicker, it's easier. It's oh well, let's let's do another fly today. Um, so we have a question from Angie Drum. She's asking, "Where's your favorite place to fly?" Yeah, I saw the question come in and I, I don't know how to answer that because there are so many amazing places to fly. And of right. course, we've flown mostly in Europe. Um, I love the area of the French Alps. Um, I don't know if the name rings a bell. It's Lorraine. It's, uh, it's really beautiful. You can make long flights around there. Uh, but I also like uh, Slovenia, Tolmin which is where beautiful high mountains and you can make long XC flights. Yeah, there's so many gorgeous places to fly. And fact, you... Oh, I'm fact, sorry, go ahead. Well, you know, we, we also try to fly a lot in Holland, uh, you know, where we're still working. You could go on the weekends or take a day off. And then Holland, it's totally flat, but uh, that makes it actually quite easy to 
coexi, yeah? no mountains, no turbulence, no lee sides. You can land anywhere. That's a beautiful view uh, with the rivers, you know, and then, yeah, so I think Holland is also one of my top uh, True. places to yeah. fly. Yeah. Wow. So one yeah. of my burning questions is, so there's a lot of powered paragliders that mostly watch this particular show. Um, could you describe the main personal experience and feeling between hang gliding and just paragliding? Not so much from the sense of ease of setup and launch and whatever, but maybe a, a flight. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the, uh, I understand your question well, but the, the fun about hang gliding is the speed of it. And, um, and the fact that your glider won't collapse, that's uh, some kind of reassuring something when you're, when you're in the air and with, with, with hang gliding you can, you can cover at least i can cover more distance so it's easier to do a nice uh, big uh, xc uh, uh, flight with uh, with a hang glider on the other hand the paraglider it's 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 more relaxed it's uh, it's not a lot of, of work i used to have muscles like this but since i've only fly paragliding you know it's a little bit of sitting like this and it's it's not so much a physical thing anymore but it on on yeah. But it's also relaxed and easy just to to hang around, and uh, you have a different perspective on the earth. That that's for me the, the the typical things about about these two different kind of sports. How long can you uh, have you been able to stay aloft on a hang glider? Uh, five and a half, seven seven hours, something like that. You you did yeah, seven hours. My what? maximum was seven wow. hours forty five, on a tandem in Australia. <laughs> yeah. But I was completely sick the next day of muscle pain. <laughs> so, are you able to uh, ride thermals on a hang glider as efficiently as like a paraglider? Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We even often fly with uh, gliders. You call them gliders, yeah? yeah. The, 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 the planes, planes, sail planes. Okay. So you can, you know, soar, you, you just turn around each other and uh, yeah, you go up actually as, as fast as they do. Wow. So. so tell us a little bit about the hang gliding part. Um, you said that you were in it for 25 years and you said you had a lot more muscles with that. So it's a little bit more of a rugged sport, correct? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you start hang gliding, you have a you have a light glider normally about twenty five kilograms. That's apart from your harness, which also weighs uh, quite a bit. Uh, and later on, when we we switched over to competition flying, it's like thirty five kilograms, and you have to carry it up from you know put it on the truck and take it off the truck and walk to the launch site with it. So you're already dead tired before you even launch. And in the air, it's you, you really have to have your muscles and, and pull it into an angle. And But then on the other hand, it just will, will easily stay in that angle and turn. So, yeah. Okay. That was my question was, did you compete? Yeah. 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 So tell he us was about that. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry? So tell us about some of your competitions. competitions yeah. yeah, well, you know, I... I, I never thought that I was 
competitive and uh, I never thought about joining a competition, but uh, well, then I just did, you know, Dutch Open. And actually, I found out that it was a place where you meet enthusiastic pilots. And not only that, they are also flying the same direction as you do. And before that, I found it so difficult to fly together with friends to go exceed. There was always, or I was waiting, or the others were already gone. But in a competition, you know, there were always fellow pilots where you were flying together. And after landing, you could say, hey, I saw you there and there, and wow, uh, we, had, we had a nice climb there. And so the, the flying together is way easier in a competition. Next thing is, of course, that flying together, you learn a lot. You, you know, your learning curve is much steeper than when you don't join a competition. And it's not about winning or losing, you know, that's, that's for me not, not an issue, but the learning, that's interesting. And you, you also get more confident to, to go further exceed than you would do without a competition. Without a competition, you see, oh, there's the, the landing field and my car, and hmm, would actually be very easy to land next to it. But in a competition, you just go for it, and then you find out that you can make way longer flights than you would ever thought. And that's, that's how it actually happens. And my longest flight in Holland, it's a tiny country, uh, but it was 220 kilometers, and I only could do that because of the experience I had in Australia, where we would go XC at four o'clock p.m. and then uh, fly 200 kilometers, uh, and still 80% of the pilots reached goal. I thought, wow, if that's possible there, then why not in Holland? So it really, yeah, made my uh, my flying career and XC career um, improve a lot. Yeah. So you started a competition in 98? Uh, 98. Yeah, I started competition in 2003, I believe. Uh, thinking, well, somebody has to be last anyway, so why not me? <laughs> and uh, But actually it was, was a lot of fun. And uh, after that, uh, I was asked also to join the national team. And uh, yeah, we flew like like uh, I think for 10 years, uh, small competitions and bigger competitions. And uh, it's also nice because you meet the same people and it's like a reunion. So yeah, that's, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I can only imagine that those competitions are kind of like the, <clears throat> the few fly-ins that my husband and I have been to, not competition, but... You know where everybody's gathering and you're meeting new people and hanging with your your already friends and exactly fun stuff to do yeah also and meeting new friends yeah yeah which, which makes me uh, and Deweese are very competitive <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> um eric ppg lear um uh, also um uh, jade's husband wants to know what license is needed to fly in europe yeah, well, that's uh, I think you know better than, than I do, but, but every country is different. So I think at least what you have to bring is an, is an EP card. You, you have that as well in, uh, in the US, I believe, because I, I had to bring one once to uh, 
to fly uh, in, uh, in New Mexico. So you need a, you need an official license and a confirmed uh, EP card to be able to fly in, in Europe. Am I right? Is that a sports yeah. pilot license? Yes. Sports yeah. pilot license. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then insurance. Sometimes they ask for an insurance, mm -hmm. but you know I, we've only asked for that in Europe, yeah, just a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, in a competition, okay, they check it, but out of competition, they hardly, nowhere, never ask any uh, anything to improve. Compared to paragliding, does turbulence feel differently on a hang glider? Yeah. On a paraglider, I always got a little scared, but in a hang glider, I, I don't mind. I know my glider is, will, will stay there and I uh, can just yeah, go for the lift and grab it. So it's, I, I think it's quite different. And if I don't want to be in a turbulent area, I just uh, grab the bar and, and, and I speed up and I go 80 or, or 90 uh, kilometers an hour to get out of this area. Hmm. And, with a paraglider, mm, yeah, it takes so much time to, to get out of it. And, right. And then so you Angie, don't want to speed up. Oh, sorry. Um, Angie Drum is asking, what phenomenal experiences have both of you had? Okay, you want you want a happy experience or a not so happy experience? Let's do a happy first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember that uh, in, the, in the first 10 years, I, I hardly flew away from the mountain, like Coase already said, you know, like, oh, I got to land down there and hassle with the, with the car. And I flew a lot in France, in this, this, this area near the Alps. And uh, then you fly once, you fly in Lorraine, and then the next day you fly in Aspre, and then you fly in, you know, you, you fly all the sides. Um, and during a competition once, I was able to do the whole tour. So you go from one place where you've flown above but landed below, you go to the next place. And I did a tour of almost 100 kilometers on the hang glider. And, and you know, just, just the realization that you're, you're, you're pushing your, your boundaries and, and you're able to cover so much ground, I, I thought that was really uh, an amazing feeling. Yeah. Don't know about you. Well, yeah, my most amazing flights are usually with flying with birds. Now we, uh, I still remember the flight in uh, in Ajer in Spain uh, in a competition, and I was climbing three meters a second. So wow, I was doing good, and then suddenly this uh, this huge uh, vulture flew under me, two meters below me. He flew under me, and he looked backwards to me towards me. And I, I thought, well, it looks like if he is saying, come on, man, you're in the wrong place. Let's just follow him. Yeah, do the strange thing, follow him. I followed him for 200 meters and now, wow, we had plus six. And both of us, we, uh, we climbed up to cloud base and then said goodbye. <laughs> and I thought, well, this maybe it's just my, uh, my interpretation. But then I told it to other pilots, and there were several of them who had the same kind of, of feeling yeah, with vultures. So, Daphne, wow. you have one of those videos um, on your Facebook page with one of the pilots um, having a bird 
Was it flying near him and then did he land on him? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that have been something if you could have had that happen? <laughs> well, then you haven't seen the video on my page where uh, we were in India. It was our first big trip with the, with the, um, the paragliders. And uh, there are lots of vultures over there. And, you know, vultures, they look for their lunch down. They don't look straight ahead. So they circle nicely, and I see this. I, I sent you the video, and you see this this par this this vulture coming in, and I I was thinking, oh, that's really nice. He's coming towards me. What? He's coming towards me! Ah! So I I screamed, and he just banged to the side, and I saw the white of his eyes. But if I didn't yell, if I hadn't yelled, he would have flown in my lines. And you know, that's one of oh those gosh. experiences that you go like, hmm, that wasn't good. So, well, yeah, it's nice to fly with them, right. but uh, they don't see the lines between your, your glider and where you are. So it's a bit tricky, too. Yeah. Okay. So now what about bad experiences or scary? Yeah, well, the, 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 my scariest experience, I think, was a, at a, a world competition. And it was my first one. And actually, I was a beginning uh, competition pilot. And... Uh, the weatherman had said uh, we were in, in Austria, in Greifenburg, um, and the weatherman had said, well, there may be some single um, thunderstorms developing. Some cells could be, possibly. And uh, I was the last one to leave uh, after the start gate had opened, and uh, it was bumming around a little bit, and all of a sudden this huge cloud was getting over me, and I just ploop went up into the cloud and um, it sucked me up until over 4,600 meters. Um, and it's only later that I understood that I had lack of oxygen, which you can easily get over 3,000 meters. So I was in, in some kind of tunnel vision for 15 minutes, not knowing what to do, taking wrong decisions, seeing the ice build up on my glider. Um, and uh, it, it took like 10, 12 minutes to realize that I was doing the wrong things, taking the wrong decisions. Um, and uh, I, I calmed down and, and got my glider straight again and got out of it again. Um, but that was, that was, yeah, terrifying, I must oh, say. That. And how, when was that? That was in, in 2004. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I've learned to have respect for clouds. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't a thunder sail, nothing actually nothing excited about it, but I, I went up like six to eight meters per second. Uh, but it was because I I had I didn't have enough oxygen, I just couldn't take the right decisions. And uh, you only realize that afterwards because if you're in it, you don't know what's happening. So oh, yeah, that was my uh, my worst flying experience. Oh. Yeah, that's. What fun did you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you ask about sad experience, and then it's the you know we all know flying is you can fly safe, but um, but when something goes wrong, then it easily can develop into 
fatal accident. And, uh, sure, when yeah. you fly for many years, fly competitions, then, then you see accidents. See people getting hurt, but yeah, we've also seen people dying from flying. And um, well, you know that that's hard to deal with. Uh, yourself uh, for yourself, you feel the urge to continue flying. On the other hand, you see that well, there are dangers, and they could also happen to me. Um, so it's found it also a challenge to uh, to be so open-minded to see my own mistakes and. Uh, and, and dealing with that and developing actually mentally uh, a way of flying, uh, a safe way of flying. Because it's, especially when I was so a uh, beginning pilot, I needed to be in the air. There was so much urge to get into the air and to fly that I think, yeah, you know, it's sometimes on the limits of safety. I'm older, <laughs> I don't need to fly every day and I, I I think I fly now safer than 20, 25 years ago. How um, often do you do you guys get to fly now? Yeah, well, the, the, the we try to fly as much as possible. Let's uh, let's say that, but uh, that's that's not always easy because if you're a yeah a nomadic lifestyle like we have, then it means that you're not always on the right place in the right time mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I think we make 50 hours a, a year at the moment mm. no more i think more more yeah, 100 hours know, maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but it's Just, not every day that's yeah. not what we would like but that's not possible yeah no. um i when you were talking about uh crashes and that gets kind of gets like into your mental mind. Um, I still consider myself a fairly new pilot. I'm going on two years, but it's like, I totally agree with that. You know, I've seen um, three crashes. Um, nobody was fatally killed, but um, thank goodness. Um, but hurt, two of them were hurt pretty bad where they needed surgeries and stuff. And and I had all three of them on video and it's like, it just sticks in your head. And it's like, so that's why I'm, I'm not wanted. It's like, I wasn't, you know, people have heard this before. I'm not one for heights. I'm not one for roller coasters. I'm just happy. And Eric's happy that I'm actually up in the air flying. You know, So I won't be doing any of that acro stuff and that, you know, and every time I see something, you know, that somebody will put out um, with accidents, it's like, I kind of want to see them to know what happened, but then I really didn't want to see it because now it sits in my head, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know that ment mental process of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not going to have that happen to me. Um, well, I know here in the States I this past week, we just had, uh, another, uh, tragedy take place down in Texas and, okay with um, one of the gals I've been trying to um, get on the show, uh, one of her friends um, with the Texas Windriders and um, my heart goes out to them. Yeah. And um, they had gentlemen with a wing collapse and lost his life. And I'm really sorry to hear that. So um, prayers to 
that whole group and that gentleman's family and friends. So, yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of things to say about it, uh, but um, I don't agree with you that that the mental thing is something you can uh, prevent or by just doing no reckless things or whatever. I think the the most important thing is that you realize uh, that everybody makes a mistake. I make a mistake after even after 30 years flying, I still make a mistake every flight. And that's no problem because everybody makes a mistake. So I'm not focused on never making a mistake. No, I focus on um, keeping uh, my alertness and my stress level in the, in the right way so that I realize I make a mistake and I can correct it. I see that I did something wrong. I see that I uh, I forgot something and I can correct it. And that needs a state of mind with not too much stress and, and an open mind. You know? Everybody after 30 years of life can come up to me and say, I saw you take off and I thought you should have done this and this. You know? Everybody can uh, send me critics and, uh, and I like that. I want feedback. That open mind, that's important in flying. Yeah. And, you know, you can say, I stay on the safe side. I never go XC because, oh, XC is dangerous. But that means that your skills, your level of skill will never develop. It will stop at a certain level. And that can be dangerous as well, because that means that your capability of handling situations is also limited. So you need to to yeah to be in a learning um, state, keeping learning, and that means that you have to yeah go over certain borders to to have more experience. And that's why I like competition flying because then I cross borders with experienced people, um, people who already judged uh, the weather and gave me information. Um, but that, that, that learning is necessary, I think, um, also to, to prevent um, mistakes or, or incidents when a situation comes towards you. You can fly before a mountain very safely, but the weather comes to you or another pilot comes to you and uh, provokes an incident. So. Right. I do agree, yes. and. Um... That's one thing I try to, like uh, Wendy Weaver, one of my friends that was here, and she's probably right around the same type of training I'm at, and we both fly trikes, and um, somebody else had said one time, you know, that every time you go up, you should always practice at least one thing, and I, at first, I didn't, once I was up, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to cruise, and now I've got it in my head that every time I go up, I should, and I think, Steve, you're, you're starting to think that way too, you know, that every flight you're learning something, you know, and it's like, um, what, what should I practice today? So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You keep on learning because the, the conditions are always different. Every day is a different day. Right. Yeah. Even if you're flying a hundred times in the same place. Yeah. It's always different, yeah. And it's also necessary to to know the uh, your glider and to to do things on the on the limits of, of a normal flight to to know when you know when when you have a 
collapse, collapse um, provoke it <laughs> to see how your glider responds in a, in a safe situation so that you know how to handle uh, when it uh, just happens to you. Right. I like provoking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, compared to paragliding, um, are there different dangers in hang gliding due to flight characteristics? Yeah, I think if you know with uh, with takeoff, for instance, with a with a paraglider, you can always uh, break off the yeah, launch. break off the launch if you want in a certain degree. With a hang glider, if, if I do one step, then yeah, then that's it. You know, I have to go on with the takeoff. Um, there's no quickly a point of no return. But that, that's a big difference. The second thing is, I think landing, uh, there's more speed. Huh? Slow speed is, is way higher on a hang glider. So the landing, it's, yeah, I don't find it very difficult, but it's, yeah, okay, you. There's a timing. There's more timing in it, and um, yeah, you have to take care that you don't hit things uh, with speed. <laughs> slow. Yeah, I think that's it. Huh? Yeah. Um, is there more of a, a danger for a potential for a span since the glider isn't collapsible or anything due to that? No, I think and less actually. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because your your glider is stable. If if something happens to your to your to your hang glider, well, then then you have already make a, a tumble, or uh, so then you're already in the, <laughs> the situation where you are looking for a reserve uh, parachute. I think a hang glider, you know, it flies on its own. I can with uh, with with free hands. Um, it will fly and it will fly straight as well. Have you ever had to use your reserve? He did. Once, yeah, once, yeah. Once. And actually I would say that was was because I didn't uh, experiment enough with my glider. I didn't do um, wing overs with my hang glider. And then suddenly I was flying very fast competition and uh, I was going to go and I flew around 100 kilometers an hour and then suddenly I hit a strong lift and my, I was pushed up, straight up. And that took only three seconds. And of course I knew in this three seconds, mm, this is not going to go well very long. And then, uh, okay, I, uh, I slided back and tumbled and glider broke, parachute. I had a very soft landing, so no problems. If I had experience more with my glider, I did wing overs, I would have just made a, a wing over in that situation. And I wouldn't have had a problem. Um, yeah. Another thing, I had two reserve parachutes with me. Um, well, you know, for safety, yeah? two is more safe than one, I would say. And if you um, need a parachute, that's the same, I think, in uh, paragliding, there's always a uh, asymmetry in uh, in the situation you're always turning and when you're turning you can also turn up the uh, the, the rope connected to you uh, reserve so that's why i had two so i threw one parachute and oh it opened nicely but then i looked to the ground and i thought wow mm, 
it's it's coming up quite uh, quite quick. So I uh, I also uh, wanted to throw my uh, my second one, but then actually I realized that um, the first one, first parachute I threw was actually the one which um, wasn't uh, meant to throw. It was also it was my very old one, which I didn't repack for many years. Um, so I made a mistake. I should have taken the, the, the left one and not the right one. So in a situation like that, you know, it's, it's an easy mistake you make taking the, the wrong parachute. It ended out, out okay, but something I learned. Yeah. Everything which can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> right. Wow. It keeps it interesting. I keep a, a second reserve parachute that just says, it just has a flag that says bang when I pull it. And then I'm like, oh, I got to pull the other one. <laughs> Not old crap. <laughs> Do you guys fly in the winter as well as the summer? If we can, yeah. 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 We went to the south of Spain in February and. Uh, we had a lot of flights in uh, in uh, March, uh, but in the Netherlands you can do soaring on the coast. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's really nice. Yeah, or we go to there's a little area in the south of France which is a little microclimate and uh, it's near Nice. You can mm -hmm. do some flying there. Yeah, we we try to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Got to nice. keep on practicing, huh? Yeah. So Angie Drum is asking, would you say the sport has grown a lot the last few years compared to the past? Well, if you if you talk about paragliding, the answer is yes. Uh, there's there's so many paragliders. Uh, there's also a lot of people who just do the week for the experience. It's bucket list, and it's you know you can you can tick the box. Yep. Um, hang gliding, I remember when I started in 91, there were, you know, there were lots of women also. It was really nice. You know, the schools were full and uh, fully booked. Uh, but hang gliding is actually, uh, it's decreasing. Yeah, there's a lot less people because it's, it's a little bit more of a hassle. And uh, I think also price-wise, there is a difference. So... Uh, we see a lot less hang gliders in the in the Netherlands. Yeah, the group is diminishing. So now that you're not powered oh. hang gliding, I'm sorry. Have you ever done powered hang gliding? No, I haven't. No, no. no. But you, you see a little bit of that. There's there's uh, there's people who have uh, yeah some kind of motorized harness. So there's a prop at the back of their feet. Um, hmm. I don't know how that. Yeah. yeah, I've only seen it about twice myself. <laughs> yeah. So now that you are not doing competition anymore, like you were years back, do you still find um, some of the competitions if you're near there and go to them and hang out and fly? Or and are you still knowing some of the people that are still competing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. We of course we stay in contact through uh, social media with with lots of people and we, we try to look them up uh but i don't think what we would don't do is we, we don't go to competition he does still do some little hang gliding competitions like the dutch open or 
you know, it's nice to see our, our Dutch friends, but uh, otherwise we don't go, no. Okay. And that's, and that's actually we, one of the reasons we quit it was when you go to uh, world championships uh, in a place where the weather is always good, uh, I'm sure it won't be that good uh, when the competition is there. I've had so many competitions with waiting in the rain. Or the snow. Or the snow. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, a waste of time, actually. We don't, we want to have more freedom now. And, uh, decide yeah. on our own where we want to fly. Right. Well, you guys seem like you've got a really wonderful life that you yeah. are living right now. So Thank jealous. You. <laughs> so you guys got any other questions? Otherwise, um, I'll ask them some social media stuff and we'll let them get on with their, their day, the rest of their day. Sure. No, I don't have anything. I'm good. Um, anybody in the um, chat? Do we have anybody in the chat that's asked any questions? Just want to also, um, hang on, I got to get back to you guys now. Sorry, I lost you. Um, I just want to thank um, Angie and Randy and Josh again and husband Eric helping out, John Wayne, and, and of course my best buds, Deweese and Steve for joining us today. And um, so where can we find you on social media? I know you've got a, a blog type uh, YouTube channel that you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're the flyingnomads.nl. So you can find us on, on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, so you can you can track us there, and uh, we, we what our aim is with our travels is to uh, to also have contact with other pilots and meet up and see if we can do some flying together. So uh, if you track us down, then uh, just let us know where you are, and uh, we would love to fly with you. Nice. Awesome. If I ever get over that way, I would definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we plan on coming to the USA, so All right. <laughs> well, not, not within the next three years, but uh, right. yeah. And yeah, we do have it. a question. Uh, Wendy's asking, have you ever flown in the US? And if so, what's your favorite place to fly in? Oh, oh yeah, wow. Well, I, I, yeah, well, I did a competition in Texas, which was very nice, but I think my experience in Chelan, you know that? That's somewhere in uh, is it? Washington, no, I don't know, Chelan. That's a, a hill <laughs> next to one of your big rivers. And I know there's a, a huge flat area on the other side of the river where you see a lot of dust devils coming up. And when there are more than three dust devils in the air, then it's time to take off. <laughs> right. well, I had some great flights there when it was still uh, yeah. unexperienced. Yeah. But you know, we also flew, flew in Wyoming. Uh, Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, but the thing for Europeans is to take care, you know, it's America is great. And uh, you, you, there's not always uh, mobile uh, uh, connection. 
So, you know, you have to be, you have to know where you are flying. And if you land, you have to be sure that somebody is going to retrieve you. Mm. So in Europe, you know, there's always a village and there's always a road and always a, a, a bus. bus. Yeah, you're trying uh, That's yeah. really different in Europe. Yeah, you're not going to find that in Wyoming. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for doing a Sunday special with us and having some coffee with us. And um, you guys have a wonderful day. If you guys want to stick around for a second, I'll just sure. play our outro and have a good day, everyone. Fly safe. And we will be back on Wednesday, probably doing a live right before the Northern Lights fly in in Tomahawk, Wisconsin this next weekend. Let you know who's all here and maybe Eric and Deweese and Randy maybe do some flying. Um, and we'll be waiting for Steve to get his butt up here too. I don't see you on the air. We'll see you in the air. In the air. <laughs> That's a new thing. <laughs> all right. Have a good, good afternoon, everyone. Bye, see safe. you. We're